Welcome, Saniacs. For those of you that are new here, this is the Saniac Podcast, a one-stop shop for all things The Challenge. We produce live weekly recaps, written recaps, challenge news, badass sparkle quizzes, memes, interviews, and so much more. Be sure to check out our interview from earlier today with Mikey P. It was freaking amazing. And you can also find us on social media platforms at Saniac Podcast. Of course, our website, saniacpodcast.com. And of course, don't forget to review us on iTunes. We did recently just get our first non-five star. It was a three star. It was pretty exciting for us both. But... um, Let's boost those up, please. What were you going to say, Zach? <laughs> little negativity out there. I blame myself. It's probably on me. Yeah, I feel like someone probably just really doesn't like you. So they went there and they were like, fuck that scoundrel. We're giving them a three star. And of course, if you're new, you definitely want to know who we are. I'm Shawnee Suisa from Los Angeles. This is... My name is Zach Calhoun, and I am from just a couple towns over from where Mikey P grew up. Just saying, guys, it's a Pennsylvania thing. Yeah, you guys had some good Pennsylvania stuff on there. There was lots there of like, was, Philly talk. Yeah, there was like legit Pennsylvania, southeastern Pennsylvania tea. So if you guys ever want to, you know, get like the real deal, just listen to our interview with Mikey P. It was like um, Philly culture, if you didn't know that there was one. <laughs> there is. Yeah we, yeah, we didn't talk about Wawa. That was about it. We, could, we pretty much covered everything else. Is that that weird grocery store you guys are all obsessed with? <laughs> yes, pretty much. You nailed it. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. See, I'm, I'm cultured. Um, yeah. All right. So today's episode, obviously, I mean, quite the doozy if you watch the whole thing. A uh, little fun fact. I almost didn't watch the fucking elimination that was at the end because the thing paused out. I mean, it was just it was crazy. What havoc. So I'm glad I managed to finish that. And holy crap. I think we should. Yeah. Just- uh, first and foremost, we got to give a big shout out to Brooke Cordova. Uh, without Brooks' cable login information, you know, Shawnee would not be able to access uh, the East Coast feed from the West Coast. So that is major. Yeah, and also to Maritza. So I, I ended up having a Xfinity and also a DirecTV. So I was watching <laughs> it live on the DirecTV so I could pause it and take notes. And then once I realized I couldn't continue watching after it had stopped airing, I went over to Xfinity and watched the recording. So thank God we sort that out. Um, all right, guys, so let's jump right in. We start off this episode and we have Josh Martinez just strolling right into the house after he had been eliminated, you know, and came back to take Alon's place. And I mean, we had this theory last week. There's a whole conspiracy theory thread on challenge fans and people were really digging our theory. Um, the one that Zach threw out there last time, which was the fact that Alon didn't really hurt his hand and, you know, they were getting his money worth. And I would say from this episode, Josh definitely produced some, you know, money worthy content in my opinion definitely some entertainment there from his end um and then we start into like a bunch of you know it's it's it's, you can tell that this is the first few episodes they're trying to give us lots of background on the prospects and their relationships with each other in the house and so you get some of georgia and hunter and it's a lot of you know their relationship is just they're sort of setting the stage for what's going to happen later in the episode and you see georgia you know, all about Hunter. You know, I can't believe that she did that. I can't believe, you know, Ashley took your money. I'm here for you and all these different things. And then we, you know, find out that Hunter and Wes had a conversation preseason to arrange this alliance that uh, seems to be really strong because even on Twitter after the fact, you know, after filming and stuff, you saw them being quite buddy-buddy. So we now know that Wes already recruited his his rookies before he even went into the house, which is, you know, a classic, uh, classic Wes move. Wes is back, it's, man. That it, is full force, Wes. It's literally his, his – it's a one, gla- one, his one gameplay. You know, when he comes back after the 
these seasons for so long. He'll come, he'll gather like a bunch of rookies, and this is just you know his meth his methodology. He doesn't want to play with the same people, and he usually makes a lot of enemies, so he's got to play with the fresh guys. And the thing I love about it is that sometimes it works out spectacularly, like and it did for him in X's too. And you know, pe- pe- yeah, people talk about like how amazing of a social game he played in X's two and how he got screwed in the end. But then sometimes it blows up in his face, like it did. Fresh me too. <laughs> Fresh me too. Just all time. <laughs> that was honestly Fresh Me Too is one of my favorite seasons, without a doubt. Absolutely incredible. Um, you know, just and, the way uh, Kenny dismantled fucking everything. It's it's one of my absolute favorites as well. We see eye to eye on that. And then I think X is one, right? At Wes and Mandy were out really early in X is one. I pretty much imploded on him. Yeah. Wes and Mandy. <laughs> what a couple. Do you remember that one challenge where he put her on his back? And like, yes. try to like, yeah, that was, fre- yeah, it was that's like the too. epitome of, of kind of like moments where he's really stupid. So you know <laughs> I what? love that this, one. This actually, le- I mean, honestly, since we're talking about this, this actually leads me into like the first main point I want to make tonight. Um, we're going to go slightly out of format here, but like, so Johnny always makes it a point. Obviously, it's like a friendly wink and a nod. He's joking around, but like, Johnny will always make it a point to drag Wes and talk about how ugly he is, right? But then it's like, you look through Wes's history with like women on the show. Wes has been with like so many beautiful women. Is I, I Johnny really knocking that hustle? I, I really don't think that Wes isn't ugly at all. Wes is a good looking guy. So is yeah. Johnny. I think those insults are just them like not knowing what else to throw at each other because they're just stupid remarks. Like they're both. Well, I need to put a virtual background on this shit. They're honestly, they're <laughs> both. They're both. It's like they're. It's just. A, it's honestly one of those moments where you can just tell. You know, he just tries to throw that shit in, like his ginger thing and whatever else it is that he's, you know, he's trying to to make up in terms of keeping their fight alive. So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not so sure about that one. But Bananas does like to, you know, I will say this. I really appreciate the fact that they have stuck consistent with this rivalry and not given in to like becoming best buddies because now they know each other for 15 years. You know, they've kept it up. I think that's mostly on Wes, which is what I appreciate because like it, um, like Johnny keeps it up for, you know, he quote unquote keeps it up like as with a wink and a nod, but Wes will actually go out of his way to play against Johnny and to not give into that shit. And I mm. really appreciate that because it, it would be so easy for him at this point to not do that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It, it's, it's, I mean, it's, you know, the Cara banana situation kind of a thing. Oh um, God, don't get me started. All right. Um, so then we have Turbo and Nani. And now this is a duo that people are loving and they're just sitting there chatting, you know, talking about how they're going to do so well. And, um, you know, you know, they both really want to win lots of motivation. You sort of set them up, you know, for potentially being a, a powerhouse team. Um, and then we get into the challenge straight away and probably one of the funnest reactions to one of the names of the challenge because they're always quite gimmicky but for the first time the entire cast is cracking up and it was called arms are getting tired so it's like arm getting tired <laughs> <laughs> which i loved and and uh, everybody just like ripped tj for that right away which was really funny <laughs> yeah you could see his face sort of you know head down realizing the stupidity of some of this shit that they like to brand Uh, All right, so here's the format for this challenge. There's 16 cars lined up, and there's a rope going through them. The ropes are 400 feet long. They start on opposite ends of the rope from their opponent. When TJ says go, they pull the rope as fast and hard as they can until it basically becomes tug-of-war. They have to pace themselves because the challenge is five minutes long. After five minutes, TJ goes to crush the cars, and when the cars are crushed, the game is over. 
They have to drop the rope and then they'll measure the length of the rope they've pulled. Then they add up their lengths with their partners and that's what becomes their team length. The team with the most rope added together will win the challenge. But there's a catch. They want to get into the top three because the top three forms the tribunal. The tribunal is safe from eliminations and also takes control of the game. So it's basically like this season's Troika, essentially. Well, let me just say, in the wake of us discussing some challenge conspiracy theories, (laughs) this type of daily challenge, I mean... It's really hard to tell who could have possibly won, who could have possibly lost. I call bullshit on this whole thing. Honestly, production set this up for themselves. This is is a producer's heaven of a challenge. They could have changed this thing. They could have literally dictated this. I mean... At any moment. You know what I mean? There there was like, there's nothing there that says, how would they have even known? No idea. Um, they pretty much had three teams in mind that they wanted to see in their like Troika for this season or their tribunal. And that's exactly what we got. And they got, you know, some minutes of content out of it. It's kind of funny because it goes along with our theory as well from last week, which is that they really want Josh and his money's worth. And so they mm-hmm. made him tribunal. You know, they could have picked they could have picked anybody else in there. Like, it just seems so strange to me. The whole thing is so fishy, and on top of that, when they're when they're editing together the shots, and you see them go from like the people pulling to inside the cars, and I'm just thinking to myself, like, how the fuck are they coordinating that? There's no way that the people pulling are even corresponding with the the rope in the middle of the cars. Like, that's just it's just there's no chance. I absolutely don't buy it at all. Listen, two weeks in a row, and that's two straight weeks of uh, you know production. Probably giving a giving a hand to Josh, who, as as we're discovering, is someone that they have some some vested interest in. And of course, they're going to get their absolute favorites, Cara and Johnny, in there, and make sure to get them past the first elimination. And you know, we get what we get. Yeah, and you're telling me that Josh beat Turbo and Nani beat Amanda like that yeah. badly. Like I, I don't know, I just. It just all seems so, so fishy to me. I'm just not a fan of that one. And I think it's obvious when they put these kind of challenges in there. You know, the ones that are super easily edited or editable. Like, are you edible? Can you even edit it? Uh, editable. I, 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 don't, I don't think the challenge is inedible. No, not inedible, but they're editable. Some people, some people might eat edibles and, and watch the challenge. Shout out to Carlito. Shout out um, to myself. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, this was just one of those times. I watched it, instantly put that put that remark right there. So, I mean, essentially, the daily challenge is made up of the team picking and the results because we don't really get much else than that, um, except for the fact that CT looks super hot throughout this entire process. I don't know you if think? anybody noticed this, but he has it. He still has got it, like the whole thing. It's all yeah, there. He's still got that, that natural jaw, that jawline. Yes, it was um, this face. He kept going like this. While pulling the rope, I was like, CT, please, please settle down. Um, all right, yeah. so team picking. Let me just run through it quickly for everyone. You got pa- Polly and Ninja, Kyle and Maddie. Obviously, I feel like they're going to pick each other for the rest of the season. Davon and Bear go for Jenna and Gus. Bananas and Morgan go for Wes and D. Cam and Ashley go for Ashley and Chase. CT and Julia go for JP and Natalie. Nani and Turbo go for Amanda and Josh. Zach, Zahida go for Leroy and Shailene. And Hunter and Georgia go for Kara and Theo. Yeah, I mean, like if 
clearly something's up with this challenge and, and it was entertaining mm -hmm. to watch but like yo come on if if johnny didn't know that that there that something with this challenge wasn't on the level you really think that he he would have chosen wes you know he would have chosen like the weakest team possible if he thought it was going to get him ahead yeah this know. whole this whole thing was just a little bit strange um it was, you know, it was for production. <laughs> you watch this challenge, and I, I you got to be thinking like, oh man, how much money did they spend on this monster truck spot? And then with like the sweeping, like that's what this was all about. It was a visual effect. Yeah, I feel like they're trying to do a lot of that, which is <laughs> Tina. Um, they're trying to do a lot of that, you know, in terms of visuals. They're trying to give us a lot of that pow, 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 which um, I definitely really like. Uh, but I think that there is, you know, there's there's a limit. Like, I agree, Erlene. You know, what was the point of the monster truck? They couldn't just ring a bell to tell them to stop, to you know, pulling the ropes. Like, they had to come over. Like, it just, the whole thing to me just seemed a little shady and it seemed a little weird. And it felt kind of like the elimination we discussed last time with the Jenna and um, Theo, the old Theo, you know, and Corey oh, yeah. jumping off the thing. Like, it was just, I mean, that, you know, there was no, there was no winner in that one either. Um, so I definitely feel that for this one. I think what we're going to be get we're going to be getting a lot of stuff like this. Maybe, maybe not as, you know, up in the, maybe not as kind of weird possible conspiracy theory stuff, but I just think like the sweeping cinematic theme is going to run throughout the season. I think that's what a lot of the budget mm -hmm. was put into. You can see it in some of the things that have been teased. Um, so we're, we're going to see a lot of stuff like this, a lot of stuff like big monster trucks and big Mad Max you know yeah. crazy vehicles that people are driving around the desert we're going to see a lot of that i think that's what they're going for you know justin booth they want to come they want to come here and they want to show us something super visually enticing and you know all last season that's what we were asking for me and you on this show was give mm -hmm. us something a little more exciting so in a way they're giving us that but hopefully it's less rig challenges that we're going to be seeing um all right so results the tribunal was cara and theo bananas and morgan and josh and amanda the nominees that they chose, which, I mean, it was all fairly obvious, was Bananas and Morgan picked Hunter and Georgia, Kara and Theo picked Ashley and Chase, Amanda and Josh picked Zach and Zahida. And it was basically like Bananas prompting Amanda to vote in, you know, whoever whoever Amanda said she didn't want to send in was who they were going to pick anyways, uh, you know, Kara and Bananas. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I you know, I could have gone without the, uh, the Kara and Bananas show. Also, real quick, um, during the challenge, one thing that, that stood out to me the most was when Theo was like showing his strength off and pulling the ropes. Cam was loving what Theo was putting down there. Uh, so yeah, I think that's Theo just a looked, little, Theo looked good. He looked good. Yeah. That's a little more foreshadowing to this this love triangle that I think we're going to be getting later in the season. But yeah, so with the tribunal, we move into that. So then we have the actual tribunal, which was kind of cool. It reminds me a lot of like the uh, real life version of your Inquisitions. <laughs> it was all right. I, I think, and I saw some people in the comments mentioning it. I actually liked the um, the the Troika Inquisition. I, I actually liked that a little more than what we got here. The table, um, because yeah, because being at the table and being closer to that, like this thing felt weird. Um, well, I think they're um, trying to give it drama. Yeah, but well, and, and I'm sure that there will be drama later on in the season when you get like more intense, you know, people getting picked for elimination and all that like this. Like I said, this was just like 
the Johnny and Cara show. They're kind of playing like grab ass with Zach when he walks in there because, you know, there's literally no way Zach's going to get voted in and all this shit. And they're going back and forth. It was it was all right. But it, it was almost like you knew what the outcome was going to be the whole time. Yeah, the sound wasn't great, Tina, because it felt um, I mean, the room that they were in was very echoed. So yes, you could see that chamber. already. You know, you could see that they but I think that that's what they were going for. I'm not really 100 percent sure. I do hear what you're saying, though, in terms of just sitting at the table is a little bit more handsy almost because you could be so close to each other. Um, so then you have in the tribunal, uh, Ashley saying that there's bigger fish which I thought was hilarious because she has just won the biggest pot in all of challenge history, the biggest solo pot in all of challenge history. And she's saying that there's bigger fish. Like who's the bigger fish, Ash, you have the most money out of any, out of any of them one, you know, like you're the biggest fish here. And I thought that that was a kind of a silly deflection. And then you have Zach who says whatever she says in reference to Zahida. I mean, I was dying at that. Were you not Listen, dying at that? This might've been the best part of the entire episode. <laughs> Zahida attempting to explain who should go in and why when you can tell that she has like no idea what she's talking about or who any of these people are I was dying that was so funny yeah it was it was great because the, like Zahida and Zach you could just tell that they had this game plan going in they were like you're gonna handle this you're gonna handle this I'll get myself into hot water you're gonna handle this you know what I mean and they went in there and she's like well I don't think that you know what happened a few seasons ago should like matter oh, it and it's just, so good it's just like so precious it's so <laughs> it's so it's so naive you know it's it's yeah. it's almost like a first-year politician discovering that you know things are aren't as they seem on the campaign trail this is what it felt like to me um all right so then we have um Wes and Hunter discussing game plan and how to go for bananas. You know, they have to go for Leroy. You see Leroy starts getting a little mad. It sort of builds us in into what I referenced on Twitter as a salad of all fights. Because <laughs> this fight had so many different moving parts that came up next that was crazy. And it all started off with Amanda versus Morgan. And I don't even know how it got into all the other people. But it just, it was, it was insane. It was new people every five seconds we're just jumping in and then it was like this versus that and this versus that and and it was just one madhouse of well, all fights what led to Leroy um kind of getting pissed off to begin with was that he heard people saying his name and once again like this was this is classic Wes Wes is holding like a secret midnight meeting with his alliance people <laughs> it was so good like everybody else is asleep or like somewhere else and Wes has his crew, you know, sequestered off in some area of the house and he's holding his secret Wes meeting like he always does. Ah, oh, it was great. And, uh, but eventually Leroy did roll up on that and hear them saying his name, but Wes is right. If, if, if you have a chance to throw somebody in, you, you got to go with like Leroy first. Like you got to do that before you take down Johnny. So his, if the opportunity would have been there, his thinking was right. Unfortunately, Hunter, well, Hunter did have that opportunity. He just didn't go with it because he had bigger, you know, he had revenge on his mind. Yeah, we'll talk about that later, but I kind of disagreed with his decision on that. Um, yeah. All right. So so then we go from um, then we go from Amanda and and Morgan, which is like this, you know, Amanda's calling her a shadow. You know, Amanda doesn't like followers. You have to remember Amanda's first night on the challenge ever. She's screaming at every single person in this house like the girl hates followers. And it's clear. I, and it's I mean, been that. Like her mantra, what she said, like, I, 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 I don't have respect for followers, be a leader. Mm. Like that's, that's like, I subscribe to that in life times 20. 
Me too. And I, that, you know, I really felt so for her this episode. On. I really, and, and you know what? I, I put out another tweet out there as well that I think is really important, which is the fact that Amanda has sacrificed her game for her closest friends season after season after season. And so you can say whatever you want about her in terms of like, oh, she's the devil. She's, you know, the horror, Amanda, da, 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 da. But she's literally a great fucking friend. I mean, she's a phenomenal, phenomenal friend. And so you have to see that that's obviously somebody there who's not going to take shit from people who's not going to think the way everybody else thinks just because they're telling her to and who's going to stick up for her friends when she knows that it's right and she's not going to just bow down just to win the money and just to win the show and I think that's a pretty cool feature as a human being maybe not as a challenger because you know that might limit her ability to possibly win a season but as a person I respect that a lot I respect the hell out of it because like she's one of the few people that goes in there and keeps it real she's not she is not fake for the camera Wait, Jessica, so this is a good comment to make. She hates followers, but you've been attached to the LLs all season. The truth is the LLs were once the underdogs. In fact, they formed as the underdogs. They were the original non-followers. The simple fact that they were the majority last season was kind of just a coincidence or production's planning because they managed to get so many of them onto one season. But for the longest time, Amanda was always the one fighting from below to go up. And so I think that's something that people have to remember. Like the Lavender Ladies weren't always this majority bullying group of girls. You know, they formed much later. They didn't always have support. And in fact, a while ago, a lot of people hated them because it was them versus Camilla and Kara. And they, you know, they hated Amanda and Ashley next to Camilla and Kara. I'm not sure who people hate more now, though. I actually can't keep up. I think people would still hate Camilla more because, you know, the racist undertones. That's like that's to me worse. Yeah, probably. Uh, Honestly, people are like as the as viewers, we are lucky that Camilla dropped out of the show when she did. Because if she hadn't, I, I hope you guys realize that we'd be getting a Camilla Johnny Cara alliance every season, which like would just murder the show. It yeah. would be horrible. Yeah, well that's Johnny's specialty, you know? Keep it keep, you know, playing the same game. Same. He's kind of like how I play the online games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's actually really and funny. I, All right. Well, me and Bananas have things you know, we're we're yeah, alike and, in some and ways. I'm Amanda. This is what I always said. Yeah, people would agree with you that you're Amanda. Um, okay, so so then we have this fight move into Bananas bringing out this, like, faux cross, you know, from Hangers. He's performing an exorcism, and it's it's like this guy really prepares a lot of this kind of, like, these bits beforehand on, on what he's going to do. He's like, oh, if Amanda goes into a fight, I'm going to get the X out. I'm going to do an exorcism because she's a devil. And listen, they're good bits. Like, this is good pre-planning for a show. I appreciate that. Um, well, and then, it's, it's also, like... It's so production assisted and, and who else there's like nobody else on the show that production would go out of their way to assist in that bit and include it and cut it together. And that's why I always say that Johnny and Cara are positioned differently on the show than other people are. And they receive that kind of treatment. Mm, mm, definitely. They get lots of the, that, that sort of ideas and stuff put in from production um okay so then we have ct who's like don't fight everybody which i thought was really cute because he's so just Ugh. mature and old now and he's like a dad and he's so cute and nice he's a different ct don't you don't you just crave it though yeah one more time just yeah. to see it man i want i, want I just want inferno to go crazy 3. i want to I want go inferno crazy 3 ct back yeah i honestly missed that what was i watching recently Fuck, what was I watching? Oh, when he fights um 
Not when he fights Ada. When he fights, uh, what was that season? Oh, I just love watching him fight. I love when he just goes crazy. You know when his face just gets so intense and he's like, Argh. even him fighting Marlon on Rivals too. Like that was that was great. Oh was yeah, I forgot about that fight. It's kind of like a later. It was more of like a calmer fight, but it was still there. Honestly, when you look back on it, most of CT's fights, like he was fucked up. Like every time, he was super fucking drunk, just being an asshole fighting people. Yes, uh, Davis. That's the one, Nelson. When yeah. CT fought Davis, do you remember that when he like punched him in the face for no reason, Sonny, and there was like that a, whole thing? Not only do I remember that, but that might just be my favorite moment in the show's history. That dude went on Inferno three and stayed there for twenty four hours, and in that time period. He got in a fight with Kenny, tried to choke him out, got his nose busted open, and then punched Davis in the face and got sent home. Honestly, that was such a classic situation right <laughs> there. Incredible. That was so classic. That's fucking incredible. That's classic challenge fights right there, which we, you know, we don't have as many of those now because there's so much history behind everybody's fights. They're a little bit it's different. That's the problem. Yeah, because it gets watered down. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, so that, I mean, that was... I think Inferno 3 was in South Africa. So what? That's like a 24-hour flight. So CT pretty much had to spend a day flying in there. He lasted a day before he got kicked off the season, and then he had to spend another day flying home. It's like, it's like yeah, it's, it's, he's there for what, like 60 hours total? I mean, that's, you know what I mean? That's like not <laughs> that's even. fucking nuts. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. All right. So then we have this fight continue, and it goes to Nani versus Amanda. And Nani just like gets up out of nowhere and starts screaming at Amanda because Amanda was going after bananas, and it, it was just like this hodgepodge of insanity. It was like a collage. If if fights were anything, this would be a collage. It's like if you were trying to figure out who killed the person and you had like a massive crime scene board and all of a sudden all these people were starting to come in and you'd be like how do these people connect this yeah. was the fight there was so many different angles at play um and then you know jenna got involved at one point too and then hunter goes for bananas at this point hunter starts screaming at bananas and then ashley kane in his interview is like you should have seen what happened 54 seasons ago it's like at least, you know, the rookies are seeing just how ridiculous these fights are now. And they're seeing, like, why are they bringing in this stuff from 30 fucking seasons ago? And you know what? Rightfully so. Like, why are we still talking about the same shit? I want fresh fights. I want fresh fights. I New mean, fights. Nani is, like, she's just getting warmed up. She was just, you know, she's not even throwing her full fastball yet. She was just getting in involved in that drama a little bit. She's back. She's ready to tune it up. Um, Jessica... Uh, back to back to your comment, Jessica. You were talking about Ayana, a favorite of the Saniac podcast, the legendary Ayana Veronica fight from Road Rules Semester at Sea. I think when I Veronica, have that filmed. I think when I have Veronica that filmed. plagiarized her, her Veronica plagiarized her paper, and they and they got in trouble, and then she confronts her about it. That is a fucking all timer. <laughs> yeah, I, Ayana is Ayana is a legend. I think she did three challenges just classic she was so good she was so funny like that that's that's qual and like melissa and stuff those are good that's like good shit that's good content right there we need to bring some of that back 
back into the, uh, oh. the popular sphere. Um, okay, yeah. DM Ho, just in case you guys are wondering what uh, Erlene is talking about in the comment I pinned. Um, no, I'm not a ho in DMs, but I do like to DM people a lot while I'm playing a virtual game because I like to spread, you know, my possibilities of winning. Although I will say this, I was playing Secret Assassin. I told nobody that I was playing and I played about zero of the puzzles <laughs> and I made it pretty fucking far considering. So Secret Assassin is, is uh, going to be wrapping up uh... That's going to be wrapping up very soon. Very soon. Yeah, I can't wait to see who's in that final and who's going to be winning. Well, I was in the final, but I can't tell you what role. So I'm in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Okay, so then we have um, Hunter versus Leroy. Uh, and this is, you know, Leroy starts screaming. He goes, she took 500K from you and you're arguing with him, you know, pointing to bananas. He's like, why aren't you focusing this, you know, this rivalry? And then Hunter goes outside and Leroy starts saying a bunch of other stuff that people are agreeing with. So he's clapping. And then Hunter, like, this is my my favorite reaction of the whole night. He goes crazy and he tries to, like, jump into the house. He's like, fuck this. And he, like, breaks the railing on the outside which was so priceless i was i was honestly creasing at that point um and, and, and the then best part they're all like was... holding him back they're like why are they clapping what's it what's they clapping about and then and then wes is standing there just kind of leaning up against a pillar and he's just he's just like god damn it i always fucking hitch my wagon to these people you know in his in his head you can just see it he, he's thinking like this is fresh meat too all over again danny and brandon are getting in a fight here i'm losing my whole alliance <sighs> it was honestly great it was so great Wes Wes because you want to know what happens is he plays the same strategy so he gets stuck in the same predicaments I mean it's exactly. like think about when he was tied up with Danny like obviously that's like his good friend and stuff but that sucks like imagine if you, you hitched your horse <laughs> to fucking Danny like you're you're shadow luck forever you know that was yeah. him on bots I, I don't think Wes has ever won a season that Danny's been on for, for good reason. Danny's... Danny was an anchor to him. <laughs> Danny's an anchor to anyone he's around. Um, all right. So then you have Jenna who chimes in, starts going at Amanda. And this is where we get to some of the juicy stuff from the episode, which is the bomb that Amanda was supposed to drop at the reunion. So here's why she didn't say it, likely because production wanted to keep the shock value for this episode. So she's probably under contract to not reveal it. That makes sense. Yep. I think yeah. you're onto something there. Because I don't think that I don't think she would have just kept quiet like that. I mean, that was a bit good piece of juice that would have made for a great portion of the reunion. So definitely something was going on there. I think production had a big hand in her not revealing it. Um, and so for those of you who don't know, Amanda's bomb was that Zach was on Bumble when they got eliminated from Final Reckoning. But supposedly, Zach downloaded Bumble strictly to swipe left. He wasn't swiping right at all. This guy is a classic case fuckboy. Um, something's never changed. <sighs> this okay, so this is where I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place in my head on this one. Is the fact that I don't believe Zach didn't intend. I don't believe he went in there on the app just for jokes. I don't believe that. I think you know if something had come out of it, he would have gone and pursued yeah. that cheating situation. But I do believe the fact that he didn't cheat because he probably found nothing on the app. Do you know what I mean? I would say I, I, yeah, I line up pretty closely to what you're saying there. Like, I don't think he's lying and he actually went and cheated on someone, but I think he probably had the intention to. And, you know, there was a great line that Jenna threw out in the episode right during this fight, which was, you did stupid shit and then I'm supposed to apologize. And this is like a classic case of a guy and a girl's relationship where it's like one person is is sort of not playing the other, but just like 
pretending as if something isn't an issue when it actually is. And they know very well that it'd be an issue for them if it was the other way around. Like, imagine Zach's reaction if this was Jenna. Absolutely. He would have been freaking out. Mm. And hands down, the best part of this fight, um, I legitimately started laughing out loud, was when Zach called security on Jenna. <laughs> oh my God, goes, that was so He's like, I need security. I need security over here. Like, you won't leave me alone. He called security on her. <laughs> God. Honestly, that was so funny. Oh, Listen, I, 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 don't, I don't know if... I don't know if... Um, I mean, I don't know if he was on there for whatever reasons. I agree. I don't think people go on there not to hook up. I've once went on there to pick up weed before when I was in Costa Rica and we couldn't find a dealer. <laughs> so I went, I swiped right on all the people that looked Rastafarian. Um, and that worked. <laughs> that worked really well. Uh, but I don't know about any other sort of like methods. I know people play around with them and stuff, you know, whatever. But it just seems really strange to me. And obviously, it's not like he's there with a bunch of friends where he can make jokes about whoever he's swiping with. It was like him, Davon, must have been Jose and Amanda. So, I mean, think about what is he like chatting to Amanda about these funny girls he's seeing on his dating app? I really doubt that. Zach is like the opposite of CT. In that CT now is dedicated to showing everyone and showing his kid how, you know, he's a different guy. He's changed. Um, and he might be a little produced. He might get a little production assistance in doing that. But Zach has tried to say the same things. Like, I, you know, I want to show you guys, like, I'm not an asshole. I do love Jenna. We, we are very good together. But every season, just about every season he's on, he always finds a way to show that he's still an asshole. Um mm-hmm last season the whole ordeal with amanda and now you've got this season already um i i i'm entertained by it but like i said he's a classic case fuck boy but i don't i don't think that this bomb was that weak like i think it's only weak because it was diluted by so much time in between it was announced and then it was released i actually think that's a pretty solid ass piece of tea right there i think it was genius and amanda barely it's not like she screamed it she was just like zach was on fucking bumble when he was in the redemption house with me boom Boom. that fight lasted the entire night like jenna was on that immediately and then the next morning to the point that zach had to call security so i would say that amanda's plot worked perfectly Mm. I think so. I know a lot of people hate Zach. Like, I still don't hate Zach. I actually still really like Zach as, as like, a person. I would never date someone like Zach because that's a shitty track record to go down. But as a human being, like, I really like him. I think he's had a, a great character progression from his first few seasons. Um, you know, it's just you've seen – I mean, imagine this, all right? Imagine you treat someone like you treat John A., on that season, right? Yes. And then you watch it back. Imagine three months later, you're at home and you have to watch back your behavior. You're telling me that wouldn't change you? Because that would change the shit out of me. Yeah, like you have to. Uh, you, you have, have to, to grow. Lack, you have, have to, to grow lack from that. Serious self awareness to, to continue those patterns. And also, Chris brings up a fantastic point. And Shani, I know you will not like this. Um, when Zach yelled out, let's go, K Dog during the daily challenge he yelled it out to kyle to like support kyle um who was what a kyle pairing ag- right there who was kyle against oh against um uh, Polly. yeah let's yeah. go k-dog 
Listen, I think Kyle, Kyle and Zach are like best buddies. You know, they they love each other. But I, I just, I just don't know what it is. Like, I, I think Zach is a nice guy. Like, I think deep down he wants to be a good guy. I think he just has some really shitty behaviors. And I think that because of his storyline that stemmed from bots and stemmed from his John A. behavior, like, per, you know, production is really focused on that as his main character on the show. And so, of course, they're going to highlight those moments throughout the seasons where he's done that later on. But I just, I do see a lot of growth in someone like him. And and I also think that there is still a problem with him and Jenna, but you have to see from, from like, let's say three years ago, him and Jenna, Jenna would have not said anything. She would have just been like, okay, you know, I guess whatever. At least this time she said something. Like she's she's growing a pair slowly but surely. And you see that. Uh, yeah. I you like that she spoke that. up for herself. I mean, she kind of caves in the end and allowed herself to get twisted by Zach and like apologize for shit, which she should not have to do. But, um, yeah, I agree with that. But it's also in the sense that this is their relationship. They've been together for so long. And so to allow one person's words that were skewed by production on a reality TV exactly. show to then impact your relationship. That's like that's that's a that's not a solid relationship. So I do think you have to think about this. You know, have you ever been in like imagine you're with someone for this long and you're you know, you're together for however long it is. And you have been through so much. And, you know, you finally work through things to a point where you're in a really solid state and someone's trying to fuck that up like you know, regardless of your past history, you have to look at your future as well. And so I think Jenna handled it pretty well, considering, although I do think the next step for Jenna is to be like a little bit more of a hard ass, you know, now she stood up for herself. And so the next step is to just completely not apologize, to completely not let herself get into that subservient state that she sometimes gets into. But I mean, this is a lot of progress considering them five years ago, if people can remember, you know, this is like a huge step for both of them on both ends. Oh, Myra's commentary that. right now is cracking me the hell up in the comments section. She's They're all replying it. to people, so I can't see. I don't understand the thread. Zach is sexy, though. Yeah, he is sexy. He is. He is. And he's definitely a beast <laughs> in bed. Look at him. He's huge. He could just lie down flat on top of you, and it would be, like, aggressive because he's so big. So, yeah, pretty much Zach's character arc, he came back with a purpose, I think, on Invasion and on vendettas to kind of be a nicer guy to to not give into those same tendencies he wasn't really on invasion long enough to to do anything wrong but him and jenna they made up a little bit and then on vendettas he pretty he went through it the whole way and was very game focused and didn't get into any of the bullshit like that but ever since then you know the last two seasons between this and final reckoning it's kind it's showing it's it's showing up again yeah, it is. Uh, it is showing up again. I think it's sort of losing. His, he's like over keeping his brand perfect. You know, he's kind of just like, mm-hmm. all right, production, you can mix me up and edit me up however you want. Like, I'm going to give you whatever it is you need right now because I'm over this. I'm over trying to be super careful. Um, all right. So then we go from this fight straight into the elimination. And I mean, see, my thing is the timing on this episode is great. Right. However, if that daily challenge had be just slightly better in terms of, you know, being able to see who won, um, tracking like individual, you know, heats and things like that. Like, I think it would have been cool if they made it tournament style where it was, yes. you know, a certain amount of teams were competing and then, you know, another group of teams were competing and then, you know, the top winners on those competed each other. And it was just like sort of knocked everybody down um, as they went. I think that would have been cool, too, because then it would have been a lot of head to head and things like that. Um, so if they had that, I think it would have been a better episode, but timing wise, you know, even factoring that in, it's pretty solid because we had straight into the elimination from this fight. Um, Nelson has a really good question and I'm interested in your thoughts. I'm assuming that you line up with me on this. 
who was right during Final Reckoning, Amanda or Zach, from a strategy and gameplay perspective? You go first. <laughs> okay. I think inarguably Amanda was right. I disagree. Ooh. Okay, I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is. So I think... All right. From a strategy standpoint, it's slightly. Oh, oh that's a hard. That's such a hard Ooh. question because I think it's different. I think the answer is different for strategy and and like human. Do you know what I mean? Like from from a human standpoint, I'm gonna say that I see what Amanda is saying and I understand where she's coming from and da da da. And I also see what Zach's saying. But from a strategy standpoint, I just happen to think that the people that were aligned with Zach at that point were more desperate and more in need of allies that they would have been better allies to Zach and Amanda than Amanda's like 1000 allies. You know what I mean? So you would have been encouraging like some more survivor style gameplay where they almost go as a swing vote and then they swing the number to the other side that was weaker beforehand. Um, Kind of, but it wasn't, it wasn't even that like you have to think they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have been on the outs with the other side either. It just would have been a matter of the fact that, like, they had to pick someone. Like, they would have, you know, Amanda's side would have forgiven her if she had gone against one of them. There was so many. Just don't pick Ashley. You know, pick one person you can't say. Zach only had one person you couldn't say. Amanda had, like, five. The rest of the house, basically. So imagine if they take out Zach's last remaining ally, and then it's just all of, uh, it's a, it's a, you know, everybody for themselves on the lavender lady side. Whereas if they had maintained one ally here, one ally here, you could have still had the lavender ladies going after bananas in them. You know what I mean? Shani is earning some praise in the comments. Everybody's saying that they agree with her. I am going to stand on the complete opposite side of that. Disagree 100%. There was a very strong unified effort in the house to take out Johnny, to take out Cara from there. And Zach was in the gifted position in that he was one of the physically most superior competitors remaining in the game. And he was well-connected politically because of Amanda. And he never gave her credit for that. And he, if he would have just gone with that, they could have taken... Well, but that's that you could say the exact same argument for Zach. If, 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 I mean, for Amanda, if she would have just gone with that plan and blamed Zach and said, listen, like it's one, one, you know, I already sent someone in, now it's Zach's turn to send someone in, or something along those lines, then she would have still been in an excellent position. They would have been saved from all sides of the playing field. I don't necessarily, I agree that Amanda was, you know, Lenny is saying here that Amanda is the top of the lavender ladies. I agree with that. But also, you have to remember at that point, there were so few of them, they were going to go for each other at one point. You know, they would have been a target at one point, especially considering half of them wasn't Lavender Lady. So where were their loyalties have lied? I, I don't I, th I don't think they would have been targeted. I think that if they had been able to stay in the game, the logical order would have been uh, Joss and Sylvia at the bottom. Uh, they would have been targeted for sure. And then. I think from there it would have been the the mercenary teams. I, I because I think that um, Amanda and Zach, along with Shannon Nelson, were at the top. They were at the very top of that alliance. I think they were safe the whole way. Mm. I think that they. I think maybe, but that's sort of a risky position to be in if they had managed to keep bananas in them and you know the other side, then they're safe the entire way for sure. Like 100% safe the entire way. 
they still wouldn't have had the numbers. So I, I, I'm going to have to look back at, at who was still like, even if they would have flipped over to help out Johnny nope, and Tony. But it's not I, a I matter. It's not a matter of having the numbers. It's a matter of having like safety within all the teams around. Do you see what I'm saying? It's a matter of having it's a matter of spreading yourself out. So you're so you're so you're protected by both sides. I don't think Zach was looking at it from a gameplay perspective. He was looking at it like, okay, I've got some friends here. But was Amanda which, looking at it from a gameplay perspective? Because it seemed pretty emotional on her end too. They were both it, it, really personal it, about it. There were ties. You're right. You're right. Both of them approached it like that. Um, but I, I think they would have coasted to the finals, honestly. If, if they would have sent Johnny in there. They would have coasted to the finals. I think they could. I, I'll agree with that in, in in that I actually think they could have picked anyone in that day and they would have coasted through the finals. I, I think if they had managed to just get their shit together for one second, picked either end of the spectrum, they would have coasted the finals. But I will stand firm in the fact that I believe that if they went for the Lavender Ladies that day, they would have been better off in terms but of their situation. Overall, people, what we're doing here is just reliving and rehashing what was a really underwhelming and poorly constructed season of the challenge. And the teams that played the best and played the game as good as they possibly could uh, were not rewarded in the end. So just remember that. You Shane obsessor. Okay, so let's get into this elimination. Um, so now TJ drops another bomb on us, saying that in the tri- you know the tribunal is actually going to vote individually this season. So it's not by pair, which I think adds a nice bit of you know it, it adds a nice bit of oomph to the fact that the prospects are there as opposed to just them being them like fresh meat where they. Uh oh, hold on, I lost my. There we go. Oh. There we go. Am I back? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I got you back. It's technology, people. It happens. I think it's because I plugged my my the charger in on the computer, so it it fucked shit up. Yeah, no, can't I got charge you. computers, guys. Um, okay, so then we get into this um, the tribunal voting and and da da da, and we find out that it's not you know it's not just going to be a partner vote, which I re- I like that. I think that uh, adds something nice. That was the part that I really loved. It was okay. You're down here. You have every team that you want to call in except for three teams. So go for it. Mm, Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, so Amanda, she votes for Zach and Zahida, obviously. Bananas votes for Hunter and Georgia, also obviously. Kara, again, Ashley and Chase. I mean, these are pretty obvious votes. And then we get to the prospects. So Theo, Theo votes for Ashley and Chase. Morgan votes for Hunter and Georgia. They all follow suit from their vets. And then Josh votes for Hunter and Georgia. And do you think this was planned out by Amanda beforehand? Yeah, yeah. And I think she pretty much acknowledged that at the end. It was, um, you know, she knew it was inevitable. So that's the move they decided to make. You know, she'd rather save Ashley than save Hunter, which, I mean, she she pretty much, I think she knew what was going to happen. Mm. Hon- honestly, well, actually, she couldn't know what was going to happen because she didn't know that they got to call their opponents into elimination. If they did know that, then maybe the move would have been to vote in Ashley so that Ashley could have called out a weaker team instead of having to go up against Hunter. But they didn't, know, you know, that's a hindsight move. Um, so here. Uh, Interesting. But I don't think they knew that Hunter and Georgia would call out Ashley. I, well, if, if they would have known the structure and how elimination worked, you know, if it would have been later on in the season and I already knew that, I think it would have been obvious that Hunter would have called out Ashley. But in, in this case, they couldn't have predicted it. Mm. So they couldn't, they couldn't counter it. Um, but I think, yeah, I do think that it was set up by Amanda that she was not going to vote for Hunter because she didn't want to cross lines. 
but that Josh was, you know, she gave him the green light to do that. Mm, yeah. Okay. So then we got, um, then we got Hunter and uh, Hunter and Georgia going into the killing floor and TJ tells them that they got to pick their opponent, which was great. Um, and I'm pretty sure we all kind of saw that coming. At least I definitely did. Uh, and they pick Chase and Ashley. Woo. Now, I don't know about you, but I think Hunter is being really short-sighted in his desire for revenge. Because Ashley and Chase are by no means some powerhouse team. Chase is kind of like a dope on this show. Like, he's not really doing too much. I don't think he's going to have the best gameplay if he was in the game. And, you know, it just seems a little bit silly. It seems like I'm just going after her for the money. I'm going to let Wes, you know, you know lead me politically and there's really little foresight in strategy in you know in his gameplay here it just seems like i'm picking this person purely and solely based on personal reasons yeah hunter is hunter nelson and Corey. that's kind of their hallmark they all play like that they they don't really they don't really do any kind of like second level thinking or strategy or game you know, game, they don't really engage, embrace gameplay in mm-hmm. that way. They, they play on raw emotion. They do the same shit every time they go after Johnny. Or in this case, you know, Hunter told Ashley as, as long as he was playing these seasons, she wasn't going to do shit. So he made good on it. Um, I really did like the simplistic approach where it's, hey, like I said, these are all the teams that you have a chance to go after. You pick out your team. That's what the show is all about. You didn't have any weird convoluted bullshit yeah it's just uh, he had the choice he could have made the strategic play which is what i would have done in that situation but he went for ashley so who would you have picked in terms of strategy who's the better choice for him to pick um thinking through the the teams i mean god well you could pick zach and zahida um oh that's not a bad option actually oh i mean jenna and jenna and gus uh, but but that's that's hunter's boy so i know he wouldn't want to he wouldn't want to do that but that i i think they're probably seen as like a weaker team for sure yeah jenna Um, gus zach zahita also leroy and shailene yeah yeah, leroy and shailene for for sure um honestly those are some three those are three pretty solid options that to me are strategically would put him in a better, much better place than if ashley was gone um and just got it has nothing to do with you know the girls being able to be petty and and he should be allowed to too i don't think that just because one person does something that the other person should also do something i think it's stupid all around if you're on the challenge yes do i as an entertainer you know as someone who's who's watching the show want to be entertained by these rivalries of course but i also want to see some people play smart and it just is so clear that they you know they vote off of these personal vendettas as opposed to actually who's going to you know make the game better for me and you know the brits made that comment throughout the entire episode i don't know if people caught on but they were seriously confused with why everybody was going you know so hard for their vendettas because to them i think a lot of the feuds on their tv shows are just for entertainment and then they're sort of done with i think um lenny is pointing out you know he's exposing a weakness in my game i don't really understand the brit relationships he's saying that georgia would never go for zahita does that match up with uh yeah, that's your true. knowledge of the birth. Okay. That's true. Georgia wouldn't go for Zahida because they don't want, that's like their closest allies. You know, they're not trying to get each other out. Yeah. Also, yeah. Zahida's so much fun. Yeah, she's great. I'm, I'm a total stan at this point. Um, okay, so then we go into 
Then we go into the actual elimination, and it's called Drone Ball Drop. So there's a drone flying overhead, carrying a ball 30 feet in the air. It drops the ball in the center of the ring. When it hits the ground, they race to try and fetch that ball as fast as they can. Then they have to take that ball and score it into their tub, like, thing, their goal. First three wins the round, or first out of three wins the round. Yeah, it was, I mean... I liked it. It was a pretty standard challenge concept with a little bit of a twist. You get the drone in there. Um, and there is a little bit of strategy in that if, if you can obviously, and Ashley showed it in the first round, if you can pick up that rugby ball off the bounce, then you have momentum. And mm. at that point, if you have momentum, you're, you're not going to be stopped. Um, so that's, that's why Ashley won that first round very convincingly. Yeah, I and right after Ashley wins the first round, Wes goes, you know, what you hear Wes saying that Ashley's one of the best ever challengers, which was one of the craziest accolades he's ever given to somebody on these yeah, shows. I could not believe that. It was um, like he was throwing that compliment out so easily. You know, I love Wes. He does say he has said some questionable things lately when he was on the after show last week and he was like talking about how authentic Paulie and Carr are. And I was kind of like, oh, you know, Wes might be a tad scripted in some of the things that he says. But overall, love you, Wes. Yeah, I got (laughs) I got I got love for you, Wes, for sure. Yes, I totally agree. I think the Brits are going to be running the season for sure. And, you know, I'm excited about it 100 percent. Now, my issue with this elimination is that it was really short. I think there should have been a girl's heat, a guy's heat, three rounds in each. First, you know, first to two or best out of three in each of those rounds wins. If there's a tie, they flip a coin for guy or girl, and then they go in to compete it. Because I think just three was really, really short, in my opinion, altogether. I actually, I feel like it should have been different, but I feel slightly uh, different from what you're saying. I think they should have done it survivor style, which would have been the team versus the team. So the guy and the girl all going together. So two two V two up in there. And then that adds a little more strategy because it's like, okay, so you've got the girl holding off the girl, the guy holding off the guy, but at some point you have to figure out how to get one person free, how to get them the ball, how to get them to score. You know, do you double team one person? Mm. Survivor does challenges like that all the time. And, and, um, it makes for some interesting, wouldn't wouldn't the guys just sort of dominate that kind of a challenge and then they would just grab it and run well, the girls would stand aside honestly they would have to figure out how to utilize like their female partner like if the guys are fighting over the rugby ball and one of them gets it free then it's up to the girl to get free and then you know the guy gets the you know if the girl gets free the guy can lob the ball over to him and they take it and it it really i mean it would it would have made it a lot longer because they probably would have been at a stalemate for a long time until somebody tired out Interesting. So apparently it was best out of five with Georgia winning the last round. I'd love to know if it was so it was best out of five total. So it would have been girls, then boys, then girls, then boys, then girls. Yeah, and they've done that. I mean, we we hear that a lot, I think, where they they do rounds and they they edit it out. I know when when uh, Laurel and Cara went went at it on Invasion. I think that that yeah. um, elimination was a lot longer than we saw. Uh, so that, yeah, production will do that a lot. Yeah, they definitely do that often. I, uh, they said Hunter won two rounds of the three with Chase, but they wanted the elimination to fit the episode, so they cut it down, of course. 
So interesting. Georgia only won the last round against Ashley. So Ashley won two. Hunter won three. Speaking of that last round, Georgia- though, like, what the hell happened? Did Did yeah. you like watch that closely? Like, Ashley yeah. get. Look she, like she gave, gave up. up. That's yeah. what I thought because it wasn't like a, an obvious thing that Georgia could just take that ball and run. Ashley could have easily charged her and brought her down to the floor. Like it didn't seem like it was that crazy. Yeah, I I don't think Georgia did anything there. I think Ashley like ran up. She overran it a little bit and then she just stopped and Georgia mm. had a free run. That's what it looked like to me. That's what it looked like to me too. I was wondering if that was a, a production thing. I don't know. I, uh-huh. I feel like production sort of gets a lot, you know, gets more involved in these things than we think. But, you know, Ashley was basically handed that win. So she kind of owes production a favor. So I could see that being something they asked her about. Um, so just in case you guys are wondering what they showed on TV, it was first Ashley won and then a dead play from the boys and a redo. So Hunter won that one after. And then Georgia winning that final one, which made Hunter and Georgia win. So it does make sense that they made it longer in real life because it was so short. Yeah, and Omira brings up another great point. I mean, Ashley got that money. What does she care? She can just go home and spend a little more of it, whatever she's doing. She's li- she's living her best life. I-, I know that she's not kicking herself for getting bounced from that season. True, and she got the appearance check for getting there. So, I mean, I think I think her her job was done at that point. You know, she was like, I'm I'm good, I'm good. Um, all right. So, yeah. I mean, that was the whole episode. There's a quick recap on our end because it was kind of a quick episode. Well. And then we got the preview for next week and we got the tease. And I really like the tease, which is a legend will be defeated. And they flash to CT, Wes, and Johnny. Which legend do you think it's going to be? You know what? I kind of... Hold on. You got me? (laughs) So I kind of got the sense that... I mean, we saw in in the previews and in the trailers for the season that uh, you know, CT is going into into an elimination this season, so maybe mm. it's him. Like maybe that's what's gonna. What if CT goes into an elimination and he loses? It, it could be him. True, and also, uh, what's it called? Uh, Julia is his partner, so it's not like yeah. he's he's stacked right now with anybody super impressive. That's, I don't. That's what I'm thinking. I don't think it's Johnny or Wes because they sort of talk a lot. Through, you know what I mean? It seems like they're there yeah. longer. Just I, I get that feel. I, I just I'm not so sure. Uh, she said, Jessica's saying she said she wanted to defend her title and everybody says that they hype them up. They, they all have to say something before the elimination to like make it sound as if they're cocky and going in there to, I'm sure that Ashley probably didn't even want to do the season, but for the sake of the storyline being fresh, I'm sure MTV like upped her appearance fee to Mm. a nice amount to get her there. If I had to guess. Yeah. I would guess that as well. I, I think so also. I mean, it makes sense. They don't want they want to continue it. They don't want to mm-hmm. they don't want to let it go. Um, okay, so too early to be Johnny, I think. Yeah, I think so also. Oh, Lenny's saying that when they showed the the legends who might be defeated, they also showed Zach and Kara. Um, I would not consider Zach to be a legend, but if he was a part of that, that's fine. Uh, hey, if Kara's gonna be defeated, I'm all for it. That'd be awesome. Send her home. No, she's attached to Theo. I uh, love it's, him. It's, it's a necessary ha- casualty. They have to come. No, they have to stay together. Turbo. <laughs> yeah. It's, apparently there's a rumor. Julia is dating Turbo. I'd love to find out if that's true. Or How not. does that get that out work? There. My God. <laughs> so blonde and so dark. <laughs> she's, she's, she <laughs> Their kids would like, have really nice mocha hair, like she, caramel hair. 
she looks so brittle and he's such like a, a big strong man I don't, throw I don't her know. around that's a desire of many women i must say um, <laughs> all right guys so this has honestly been awesome today's been a great day for the saniac podcast we had mikey on earlier talking about something that was fantastic hopefully next week we get more brits on this show uh you know it's really disappointing waking up every tuesday not having the challenge but you know we all have to suffer through this together Audio episodes will be out tomorrow for all of the episodes that were on today, so you'll be able to see that. Uh, yeah, and- if you guys, um, if you guys missed our interview with Mikey, we're gonna have that out tomorrow. It was really cool. I thought that he, um, it's not easy to come into a setting where you don't know people, and then you've got people ripping on you in the comments and all that. And I thought he stood up to it pretty well. I had no preconceived notions about it going into the interview, so I thought he performed admirably. Uh, so definitely go back and listen to that. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast um, on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all that. Five-star reviews, not three-star reviews. We don't, yeah, we don't give want three-stars. Guys, give us some five-stars because somebody gave us a three-star, so we can't start getting diluted. I don't even understand how we have people or enough people that listen that we have somebody who gave us a three-star. But you know what? I really appreciate that because that means we're doing something right. So <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, I saw that. It was uh, interesting. Y'all were too nice, TBH. Well, you know what, Jessica? I actually <laughs> have something to say about that because I got a few messages about that as well. And I think you guys are too mean, in my opinion. <laughs> I-, I honestly think the fans are too hard. I mean, this is a human being who makes human errors all of the time. And constantly, we all do. I mean, look at the comment section on these threads and how we talk about the challengers. It's just like it's crazy you know we're constantly criticizing these people they're under an insane microscope and everyone you know they want us to grill these people it's like the guy fucked up he fucked up he admitted he fucked up but when you're getting told to die left right and center by fans non-stop and you know your girlfriend should die and your family should die i mean you have to understand mikey he lost a lot of his family when he was younger he went through a lot of that and so i think that there was you know, there, there's this sort of this misconception that, you know, we have to, like, be really aggressive with people as humans, but that's not fair. And you know what? I'm going to say something because, you know, it, it's I've seen firsthand on Instagram some of you guys commenting some things that are really rude to people. I've literally seen that firsthand from my own very fucking eyes. And I think it's really crazy. We don't even realize what our words can do. No, he didn't let go the molestation thing. He said he was really sorry, but you have to understand, what would you say if somebody told you to die continuously? Honestly, honestly, think to yourself. Think deep inside of yourself right now. What would your responses be? Because not everybody is perfect. We can say that we're going to be ideal human beings in every situation, but that's not true. There are times when I've been really mean in my life, and there are times when I see people that I love be super mean to people. But that's part of life. That is part of life. Learning, growing, moving forward. And we just have to start treating these human beings as human beings as our friends how would you hold your friend accountable that's how you hold the people accountable that's how you hold those people accountable as if they're your friends because honestly yelling at them and saying go die because they made a comment about something is not going to make anybody change it's just not going to you know and I'm sorry for the things that I've said to some people because there are some people that I've been really mean to. But you know what? People still like me now and they still see past that because I'm a nice person. But you know how hard it is for me to constantly and actively work towards being this person? Because if I wanted to, I could just give up and be like Calhoun. Start yelling at people left, right, and center. But I don't. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And you have to really 
pause. You have to count down to, from fucking 10 whenever somebody says something not nice to you. And that's a really hard thing to do. That's not an easy thing to do, especially when thousands, thousands amongst thousands of people are saying horrible things to you. And you snap at five people. His tweets, there was what? There was like 30 tweets total, 40 tweets total. Imagine out of hundreds of thousands of tweets, you snap at just those. I mean, that's crazy. That's like good odds. That's good behavior. That's good statistics. That's, um... That's exactly what I do. I've been known to yell at everyone. Um, I will say this, like what's important to me though, is that in the world of social media and keyboard warriors and all that is how a person acquits themselves when, I mean, we're not necessarily face to face, but we were looking at the guy and speaking actual words to him and he was speaking actual words to us. And that's how a person acquits themselves. So to actually have that conversation and it be as real as it can in this forum, that's what I appreciate. And he didn't come on. He wasn't, you know, I didn't think he was a jerk in any way. I didn't think he was like dodging accountability for what he said. He felt bad about that. He expressed it. Um, and honestly, we welcome anyone to come on here. If Cara Maria wants to come on here and call me out for the shit that I've said about her, I would relish the day. Uh, we will have a great conversation. I will moderate that shit for, All oh, the, I would do that. I would do that with pleasure. We'll go back and forth and I'll be as, I'll hear out everything she has to say. If, if my man Shane wants to come on here and, and just have us, you know, me and him flirting with each other the whole time, we'll do it. We'll do that too. We'll do whatever you guys want. We're, we're here for the people. Yeah, we are here for the people. And that's an important thing to remember as well is that a lot of what I wanted to hear from Mikey was his perspective on things. And while it's great if he were to just continuously apologize the whole episode, that isn't what I wanted. I told him, I want people to understand what it's like to be in that position, what it's like to be on the other end of the screen of the Twitter profile when somebody is coming, you know, when hundreds of people are coming at you for some crazy shit. Like with Amanda, I think Amanda keeps her cool considering what she gets online. I think Devin keeps, keeps his cool i thought she was keeping her cool in the episode like people have been coming at her for two straight episodes like ganging up on her and she's just kind of brushing them off yeah I, i'm impressed amanda's skin that shit is thick thick yeah. thick 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 and you know i think that's really impressive that's the, a skill that's not that's not an easy thing to have um and yeah you know i think he was accountable though i think accountability is something that is is also a matter of perspective so we have to remember that you know in the way that we were seeing it there was definitely lots of accountability there um and you know a blanket i'm wrong for all things ever is never going to come out of some people because people do wrong things for reasons most of the time unless they're just horrible human beings and so it's important to hear those reasons because that's how we figure out why people fuck up and how we should prevent ourselves from fucking up um all right guys so enough for this whole little speech i think that we're done here Review us all over at Sanac Podcast on all the social media platforms, sanacpodcast.com. Stay tuned for Hannah's hit list that'll be released very soon, and our audio episodes will be up by morning. See if you I people. Don't sleep, because I don't sleep on Wednesdays. <laughs> hey, a legend goes home next week. Let's get ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>